Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy of 40 podcast with myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Uh, week five in the books. Week six coming up. Uh, we, Walk and I were talking before we uh, went live here. Eh, NFL's been kind of shitty lately. Games haven't been the best. There have been some big fantasy performances. But overall, I think I felt disappointed with more players. Um been happy with players this year uh walk where do you stand on that and how are you doing yeah i mean quality of play has been god awful uh so far this year um and the the lack of preseason is i think squarely to blame but we're beyond that point now right you said we're through five weeks you know so they've had a month plus to figure this shit out and buys only started last week, and it just seems like some of these teams still don't know their identity or, you know, um, yeah, you know, what 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 they want to do um, week in and week out, and they 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 don't have a plan, right? And I don't know that it, we're going to see any better. I mean, this week it's only a two team bye week, the Packers and Steelers, who present very little fantasy options uh, for us these days. Uh, are off, so we will have 15 other games to draw from. So it's a good week, um, you know, as far as available players are concerned, except for the fact that half of the good players just got hurt last week um, as well <laughs> and and won't be playing. Justin Jefferson's going on IR. Um, James Conner sounds like he might go on IR. Uh, Devon A-Chain uh, may go on IR. Um, no like for- Okay, here, we'll go with him real quick. And, and we talked, we were talking about the Packers mishandling of Aaron Jones. I, I feel like it's the same thing with a chain where they're like, he's going to be out a couple of weeks, a few weeks. Why not? You know, with the way the IR rules are now, why not sit him for four, make sure he comes back healthy instead of fucking trying to squeeze him in, in three weeks and have him, you know, tweak the knee more or not be as explosive as he's been or fill in whatever word you want to describe this. It just seems like, they're they're not playing it safe, but it's a stupid way to do it. Like the the Aaron Jones thing. There's no reason he should have played last week instead of having him. They could have just had him sit through the bye. Now they banged him up, and he's sitting through the fucking bye anyway. <laughs> with one game in there where he does nothing for you, so it's just stupid. I think if he's hurt enough to miss two games, you just leave him out for four. Yeah, two things. One, I I. You know, as an Eagles fan, I agree with, with and I keep what's it, a chan um, belief because they play the Eagles next week um, on Sunday Night Football. So yeah, like rest up, sir. Don't 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 come gash my Eagles. It sounds like um, he's out two weeks, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a multi-week injury. It sounds like, and I, I don't even know they got hit at any time during that game. You know, you just, just I saw a play on twitter or youtube there was one where he got tackled and somebody fell on his i think they said it's his mcl so i think that's when the outside of your knee gets hit and bends in i could be wrong i'm not a fucking doctor (laughs) but there was a play where someone did fall on his leg towards the end of the game he did come in after that again but um they're saying that might be the play where it happened okay yeah they play the panthers this week they they could sit him mostert waddle Tyreek Hill and still be the Panthers. Chris Brooks uh, week. I was going to say, we might get Chris Brooks again this week. Um, but yeah, there's that. And then you're like, to your point, Aaron Jones is still out. Um, you know, trying to think through some other teams. Oh, yeah. You know, Cleo Herbert got hurt. 
last week, multi-week injury. He was just starting to pop for the Bears. Roshan Johnson picked up. Oh, yeah, I got the list. Thursday night football. So, you know, he, he might be back. You know, the uh, who else? So the got? big one is Justin Jefferson. He's already been placed yeah. on IR for four weeks. And possibly Daniel Jones. But they said it looks like he's going to play. I mean, that one doesn't matter. But, I mean, it is a quarterback. People do start start scrambling for their QB2. I said said important players, John. (laughs) Yeah, as someone who owns Daniel Jones in the Scott Fishbowl and has already just accepted my defeat, where I thought I got value on him in the third round. You know, that dude's been an absolute disaster. Weekend, he's had one good week, and it was in absolute comeback mode (laughs) against the Arizona Cardinals in whatever it was, week two or week three. Other than that, he's been absolute dog shit. So, yeah, and then Saquon Barkley, he doesn't even want to come back and play either. These guys aren't in any hurry to do anything anymore. You know, these players, there's no there's no reason to rush back. To your point, teams are just allowing these, you know, with the short-term IR rules, like these injuries that guys historically played through now are, are getting the IR stints. And, you know, one to two week injuries are now three to four week injuries yeah. at this point in time. Everyone's taking longer. No one's in a rush to come back. Everyone's treating their body as body is their business, you know, when, you know, the old NFL, right? You know, it was a gladiator sport, right? You, you never wanted to miss a game. You know, it's when, uh, you know, consecutive game streaks mattered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, nowadays, it's like, nah, you give a shit. You know, <laughs> Justin Jefferson didn't look that injured to me standing on the sideline sulking. If he had a bad hammy, maybe he'd be sitting down. I don't, I don't think he'd just be standing on it. Like, I get it. You can't you really want to run, but that seemed like, a, hey, this season's over, and I don't want anything to do with it. So I R me so I don't have to go out there and play for nothing in a lost season for the Vikings. But, you know, I digress. Let's, Here, I, uh, got, I got two uh, just terrible stats for you real fast. You got me looking at stuff while you were talking. Uh, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Daniel Jones is QB 22. He's had a 6.5 game, a 5, a 10.7, and a 7.2. So is but here's the real fucking uh crazy part. He's beating Kenny Pickett, Joe Burrow, and Geno Smith, who are below him. Pickett's 23, Burrow 24, and Geno's 25. So as bad as Daniel Jones has been, and he has been atrocious he's still better than those four guys that people were counting on i mean yeah people hit the buy i'm looking at total points but you get the point yeah yeah i mean barrow's been a disaster finally had a good game just because i i sat him in my home league which so we all knew that was going to happen that he was just going to hyper target jamar chase and, and figure things out against arizona but yeah i guess one good game is all you need uh, at this point when we're we're talking total points because he's sucked in four or five starts but he had an all-timer uh, against Arizona, so yeah. Tannehill's twenty nine. Oh, it keeps going. Yeah, this is fun now. Tannehill's mm-hmm. twenty nine. Bryce Young is thirty. Derek Carr is thirty one. Jimmy G missed a game, but he's thirty two. Fuck. These well, guys. Suck. I mean, Bryce Young. Bryce Young missed a game, and I think someone else you mentioned. And Derek Carr left a game. No, I don't Didn't care. Miss a game somehow, but the, yeah. Jimmy the point G remains. It's awful. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, listen, quarter. Look, football has sucked this year. It's just sucked. The quarterbacks stink. Running backs don't want to play. Wide receivers okay. Yeah, tight ends a, a nightmare. That's that's. There you go. Summed it up. You want to end the podcast right now? Just move on. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks. All right, <laughs> thanks for listening. So, 
got got our rants out of the way. Where you want to get started? Uh, <clears throat> facts from every game usage. How do you want to go with this today? Yeah, let's just keep the the the, the batting order. Let's, let's not switch things up. So, you know, we're, we're going to look through these one key stats right now from from last week, starting with the Thursday night game that again seems like a lifetime ago, where the Bears hung a square fantasy forty on those Washington Commanders who were only able to put up a measly twenty points. Uh, in their loss, Justin Fields <clears throat> is QB five on the season and QB two over the last two weeks. People were like leaving him for dead after like weeks one and two. He started last year like shit and then went on a on a run and run. No pun intended is not what he's doing right now. He has eight touchdowns, zero interceptions the last two weeks. He's doing it all from the pocket. He he's adding a little bit with his legs, but his fantasy points aren't coming the same way they did last year. Those fantasy points are largely going to DJ Moore, who is currently on pace for 1,800 yards and 17 touchdowns receiving. The Bears' offense looked, uh, you know, like defensible. Like you, you could actually say that they're starting to figure shit out um, up there in Chicago. As an ex-Bears, somewhat Bears fan, how do you feel about it, John? Listen, I'm not buying this shit. I mean, it's it's good for fantasy. You know, like I said, these last two. Games from fields have been huge. To um, and and fantasy pros says the last two twenty eight point nine and thirty three. So he has popped and exploded. He's currently QB three in total points. So he's getting it done for fantasy. The Bears fucking stink. I mean, they played a dog shit team and beat them, which they should. Um, all they're doing is, is hurting their chances in the draft. Which, as a former Bears fan and longtime Chicagoan, that's just what they do. The Bears love picking in that. Uh, you know, 10 good players in the draft. They want pick 12 through 17 every year. So <laughs> it's just kind of what they've always done. So, yeah, th- they'll be good enough to, you know, bump themselves down quite a bit. And they're only sa- going to be saved because Carolina sucks so bad. And they're going to keep there you go. number See, one. They can rely on Carolina <laughs> you know, to carry that mantle towards the 101 next year, which will be. So interesting if that ends up happening. I think it was just the Bears on an island game Thursday night football that really popped. Unfortunately, their next two weeks, just 1 p.m. starts, but it's a home-and-home Vikings Raiders. Fields could still could do some work over the next oh, two yeah. weeks. The they, could win three, they could win both of these easily. Yeah, could win them both. And the Raiders, I mean, you know, green, it was more Green Bay than what uh, Las Vegas did last night. But, yeah, a home-and-home home could uh, a little bit of uh, brewing. In Chi Town. Oh, they, yeah. From the, from your own, it, it's, it's a typical Bears thing, too, to now produce this false hope, right? They start so bad and people are, you know, putting fucking guns in their mouth. Then they're going to run off a streak of four and people are going to start talking like the Bears are a potential Super Bowl contender. Here comes the Fields is Hurts 2.0 talk. And then they'll just fucking collapse at the end of the year like they always do if people be sad. It's, uh, it's just what happens. I've seen her. I've seen the story like 14 times at least. <laughs> 14 times. All right. From your ex team to my current team, my five and O Eagles beat the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles, 23 to 14. Um, and we've come to realize that uh, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua can, in fact, coexist as long as they keep seeing 62% of the team targets, is what they got against the Eagles, which is at the debt to the detriment of Tyler Higby. And Kyron Williams, and also I guess 189 of Stafford's 222 passing yards. So the entire offense is now Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. But obviously, you continue to start those two guys without hesitation going forward. From here, we're heading 
across the pond where somehow the Bills were the home team, which is laughable uh, when the Jaguars have been living over there for half the month. And the Jaguars beat them 25 to 20, where Roger Goodell called this, I don't know if he said it was a test case or an experiment with having the Bills head over there when another team had been there for more than a week. And the Jaguars win the game. I don't know that this validated anything. Nor is it a big enough sample size to justify if you can actually have a team you know, outside of the continental United States. But what I will tell you is Travis was eaten. Travis Etienne gashed these Buffalo Bills. 26 carries, 136 yards, and two touchdowns with another four for 48 receiving. And I say this to let people know that the Bills are sneaky terrible against the run. They allow 5.8 yards per carry, which is second worst in the NFL. The only thing to save them is luckily so far they have seen the 10th fewest rush attempts allow against them on the season. So don't be afraid to start your running back against the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills play... Who did the Bills play? The Giants. All right, so maybe be afraid to start your running back um, against the Bills this week because who knows who it's going to be or who the quarterback's going to be. Matt Breida. And that drubbing. Yeah, the Matt Breida, Tyrod Taylor uh, stack. We're going to pay dividends as a 14-point dog. Uh on Sunday Night Football. Great. Won't be watching that game. <laughs> so the Houston Texans, who were leading throughout this game, found a way to lose 21-19 at the Atlanta Falcons. Desmond Ritter was literally forced to have his best game of the year and still somehow was only QB8. How Tyler Algier, 17 carries, out carries B. John Robinson, 14, should be a fireable offense at this point. Uh, Art Smith is literally just fucking with us. I mean, there's, there's no two ways around it. They finally have a game where Kyle Pitts is the, the featured receiver. He saw 10 targets caught. Or sorry, wrong team. He didn't see 10 targets. Did he see 10 targets? He saw 11 targets, caught seven of them for 87 yards. But Johnny Smith still secured six or seven targets for 67 yards. I have never seen a more tight end running back centric offense in my adult lifetime. <laughs> and it's just, it gets Arthur Smith hard at night. That's just clearly where we're at at this point in time. From them on to the stinky 0-5, number one overall pick, likely incoming, and it ain't theirs because they're dumb, and they traded up to get Bryce Young. Carolina Panthers lose 42-24 to at the 4-1 and Detroit Lions. And I'm not even going to talk about the Detroit Lions because they're just fully realized. Everyone knows everything you, know, you need to know about the Lions at this point. But Adam Thielen, who is currently PPR wide receiver 10 on the season, and dare I say, a must-start going forward. He's the only guy getting separation, and he's getting a ass ton of targets, whether it be from Andy Dalton or Bryce Young. I hate it. You have them in like every single league <laughs> that, <laughs> I, that we that we're in together. And uh, obscene had, amount. Yes, you have an obscene amount of feeling because a lot of startups he just kept falling, and you finally pounced. And listen, I thought he was dust. I really did, and he looks good. Uh, I'll give credit where credit's due. Adam Thielen's kind of like a fountain of youth season uh, in Carolina. The Tennessee Titans head to Indianapolis to lose to the upstart Colts, 23-16. to And uh, I just wrote buyer's remorse. Zach Moss rushed 23 times for 165 yards and two touchdowns, caught another two passes for 30 yards. Now, they outwardly said that they were going to limit Jonathan Taylor's snaps in, in his first game back, but... This has to give him pause to say, what did we do? Why did we why did we cave this guy's demands and make him one of the highest paid running backs when we're proving without a shadow of a doubt that this position is completely replaceable? 
And Zach Moss has been an, a monster <laughs> to start the season. It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. On to the Giants, who we discussed early and a minute ago. They went down to South Beach to lose 31-16, to and the game was not this close to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I wrote that uh, Devon Achan is undeniable and, of course, injured because that was everyone's concern with him being undersized. Um, he's now been hurt twice. He got hurt in the preseason with a shoulder injury when he got tackled. And if you know your reports are true, he got hurt with a knee injury again when he was tackled. Um, of course, he's fast when no one touches him, but people get their hands on him. He's still little, you know, and he's obviously pr- I don't say prone to injury, but susceptible. But on the season, he has runs of 67, 55, and 76 yards on the last three weeks. And I just said, the CJ2K comps are real. And who's making those comps? I have been this entire time. Is that he is just this explosive individual. But, of course, now he was injured. And we're going to have to see what Chris Brooks can do in this offense. The New Orleans Saints pasted the, the New England Patriots 34 to nothing. The Patriots have scored a total of 18 points over the last three weeks. It's just time to blow it up in Beantown. Not one single player on New England is startable this week, even against Las Vegas. No one. You, there's only two buys. No one is startable. Ramondre, no. Hunter Henry, no. Any of the receivers, no. Mac Jones, hell no. Ezekiel Elliott, still don't know why they signed him. No one, not a person, is startable. For the New England Patriots. Yeah, the, it's a real problem. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't, and I don't, I mean, people are blaming Mac Jones. I don't, I mean, he hasn't played incredible. He's made some dog shit decisions, but I mean, it just, he has a shitty supporting cast for the most part. Like those receivers stink. They've always had garbage receivers except for fucking. <laughs> Deion Branch and Randy Moss and mm. Deion Branch ain't that good anyway. Mm. So yeah, it, it's out there. You shake Julian is, Edelman and Wes Welker like that. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Superstars. Ton of Edelman in, over my fantasy oh, career. Okay. Um, yeah, but they, they just have, I, I thought O'Brien was going to come in there and fix it. It looks worse than ever. And I mean, it, it bears out on the field. They had their worst loss ever a week ago, and they followed that up of Belichick's worst loss ever. And they mm. follow up his worst loss with his second worst loss. He goes by 35 and fucking 34, two games in a row. That's incredible. Yeah, they're just getting annihilated. And I really thought we'd see a lot of two tight end sets with Gasecki and, and Hunter Henry. You even said they're going into three tight end sets with, with Farrell Brown. They're just trying to do everything they can because, yeah, they have no receivers to speak of. And there was a something on uh, Twitter. It was, a, it was an image of the Juju Smith-Schuster contract and the Jacoby Myers contract. And they're literally exactly the same. There's like half a million more guaranteed to Jacoby Myers. And Crazy. it said, boy, they could really use J- uh, Jacoby Myers right about now in, in this offense. And why they opted for – a diminishing juju over a known commodity that was productive his entire career in New England only goes to show me that they tried to lowball the shit out of him, thinking that he was like a day three draft pick that they grew and they probably oh, they brought off some shit deal. So he said, "I'm out of here." Yeah, you can go over pay juju if you want. That's that's my uh, my sleuthing there. Off of that game because I don't want to talk about it anymore. To another shit game, <laughs> ugly on both sides. The Baltimore Ravens. Head to the Steel City to lose somehow to the Pittsburgh Steelers 17 to 10. Drops hurt 
Lamar Jackson, but so did turnovers. That dude threw a absolutely horrible interception in the end zone and then fumbled it on a a known pass rush. It wasn't even like they surprised him. The pocket was collapsing. It was a rush situation. He's just holding the ball out there like he's just begging a Steeler defender to knock it out of his hand, and they did. So they lose. I lost because Lamar Jackson doesn't do shit the week after. He has a huge week when I set him against the Browns. This is how fantasy football works, people. The main <laughs> takeaway is <laughs> Jalen Warren greater than Najee Harris. It's done. I, I get Najee Harris and all you know the advanced metrics and all this shit. The offensive line sucks. But you know what? Jalen Warren's running behind that same exact offensive line, and he's making it happen. And he's catching passes, and he's making stuff. You know, he's And he's making you know chicken salad out of chicken shit. Jalen Warren should be seeing more carries than Najee. Najee can get the goal line, short yardage, all that shit. Jalen Warren should be the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unequivocally. Draft capital be damned. Put the better player out there because the Steelers are going to continue to struggle offensively. Because they're limited with talent. Fryer moves out. Deontay Johnson's out. You can only throw it to Ken to George Pickens so many times. You know, so why not get another playmaker on the field? Well, four yards maybe per carry, and doesn't do shit in the passing game. Najee Harris. The, the the one plus is they have the bye this week, and Deontay Johnson is supposed to be back following the bye. So he is trending in the right direction to get him back on the field. Um, and the, the weird thing, you know, last week when I was doing the um, usage report, I had mentioned Harris was trending down, Warren was trending up, but then it flipped this week. It was back to using uh, Harris significantly more on the field than <laughs> Warren. So although well, yeah, you are and, correct, and that's because <laughs> the, they got pasted against the Texans. So that's Jalen Warren. And they were, you know, it was a close. It was never this game was never out of hand. You know, they were down 10-3 at halftime, but it, they never got away from them. The Ravens just kept giving them opportunity, and that lets Najee Harris stay on the field and absorb touches. So they're, they're still game scripting these guys. So we're going to have to see what that looks like going forward. It is gross. Sick of it. Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, all's right in the world. Win 34-20 to at the Arizona Cardinals. And I just said the Cardinals are the cure for what ails you. Joe Burrow throws for a season high, 317 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And almost all of it went to Jamar Chase, who had 15 receptions for 192 yards and all three of Joe Burrow's touchdowns. Also, uh, James Conner got hurt on the game in the game. So just another reason for the Cardinals to continue to not be competitive, although they give it their all. From then... We're going to head to the what was deemed the Nathaniel Hackett Bowl um, after Sean Payton took a shot right at Nathaniel Hackett's chin, saying he was like the worst head coach ever. <laughs> he was the Broncos head coach last year. Oh. Well, the Jets took him 31-21 to 21 in mile high. Reese Lightning carried this team and now officially owns Mile High Stadium like Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears. 22 carries, 171 yards, and a rushing touchdown along with three catches for 17 yards. This entire offense has to run through Brees Hall going forward, and they should also trade for Kirk Cousins if that's indeed an option because they do have weapons and they do have a good defense. This Jets team could be deadly if they actually get a quarterback under center because it's not Zach Wilson. And then the other thing I said is Jaleel is for real. You picked up Jaleel McLaughlin, you know, in, in any place you could. The kid, one hundred percent of my fam, I dumped yes. in anywhere the, he was available. It's the move, seven point four yards per touch uh, in the game. Um, it, the, he, he's not going to go away, you know. Regardless when Javante Williams comes back or whatever they paid Samaji Piran, Sean Payton likes the kid. He's scheming touches for him. He's more dynamic than those other two, 
plottery backs at this point in time, and they need that spark in this offense. It was a <laughs> that's that that might be that waiver ad where, like you said, you you save your bullet until you think it's you know it's the it's time to to go all in. And Jaleel McLaughlin might, in fact, be that all in play this year. That's what you know. My Scott Fishbowl league, I uh, picked him up, and I, I didn't pick anybody up, and I spent ninety nine of my one hundred dollars. And uh, people in the chat for for the league were like, "You you really must believe in McLaughlin." I said, "Look." He's going to be a starting running back for at least a couple of weeks while what's his name's hurt, uh, Javante. I'm like, there, there's no one else I'm picking up that's a starting running back. I mean, you go through, you know, people had P. Ryan probably in their drafts. You go through these depth charts. These guys are gone. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but like, uh, mm-hmm. what's his name? DeMarcano, uh, Amari DeMarcano on, on Arizona. He's going to start for a couple of weeks, but that team fucking sucks. And that guy, isn't nearly as explosive as we've seen from McLaughlin. It's like, I got, I got a starting running back and he's good enough that even when the other guys are healthy, he's earned a role. So it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll spend everything on him. I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't I know what I spent for Josh Kelly um, in week two of the Scott <laughs> Fishbowl, but that's, that certainly backfired on me where I should have had a starting running back for a month. Um, yeah. In a, in a top offense with no touch competition. And yet somehow he, Totally face planted, like like a Joshua Kelly should. All right, back on track. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs helped by the officiating. Clearly, it's this is, this is a Taylor Swift effect is just permeating the entire NFL. They beat the Vikings twenty seven to twenty in Minnesota. Um, so I wrote, I hope they didn't burn the boats uh, because it is over. Justin Jefferson, as we already said, is going to the IR, and it ruins what would have been a decent stretch at Chicago versus San Fran at Green Bay at Atlanta for the Vikings to get back on track. If Jefferson was in the game, they, you know, it, it was not on the IR, they'd probably be favored in three of those four games and have a chance to right the ship a little bit. Now, t- totally, totally done. Vikings are skull fooked. And, uh, you know, they need to uh, find a way to (laughs) work their magic and get that 101 somehow and get Caleb Williams in uh, Vikings purple to be thrown at the Justin Jefferson for the rest of his career. That's the the only the only storybook ending that I will accept from that to Sunday Night Football. And this was just an absolute chef's kiss. San Francisco 49ers, 42. The Dallas Cowboys, 10. Dak is whack. And Brock Purdy is an MVP candidate. And George Kittle has as many touchdowns in the game as Dak Prescott had interceptions. So just not a, not a lot to really take away from this other than the Cowboys were outclassed, outmatched, <laughs> out everything on this game. And Dak just continues to, you know, falter in, in big spots. They're not, they're not a threat in the NFC. Dak's not even a quarterback one anymore and is not going to be. They're not bouncing back from this. They are a middle-of-the-pack NFC team with a couple good pieces um, and a plus defense. They're they're literally the New York Jets of the NFC. Dax at four INTs. You think he keeps it under 10 like he promised? I mean, when they end up sitting them for like the last, for like a four-week stretch. Oh, no, that doesn't count. Or like a phantom IR move, because that's clearly the, that's, 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 what it, that's what you do now. Yeah, you, know, you just you, you tell him you hurt your pinky. They put you on IR for four weeks. Um, if he has to throw the ball. No, I mean the only reason he hasn't had more this season is because their defense has scored so many touchdowns that I'm sure yeah. his pass attempts are down. 
I mean, he's got to have a pretty high interception rate because I know his pass attempts aren't really up there with, you know, the rest of the league. And he's got a, a terrible interception to turnover ratio, I assume, because he hasn't thrown many touchdowns either. It's just, I mean, I'm not a Dak fan, never have been. I hate the Cowboys. I mean, I'm totally biased in my opinion. But <laughs> he's been treated like he is a, you know, elite quarterback, and he never has been. I mean, he's been 100 yeah. 171 career touchdowns to 69 interceptions on 3,443 attempts. You just throwing out a career stat? I was saying, what's his <laughs> interception? Oh, you mean for career. this year? I thought you meant his career. About <laughs> his career. He's I thought you meant career. He stunk. No, I mean, 69 is perfect for <laughs> where we're going with this. But he's, you know. Like I said, his, his pass attempts are definitely down this year, and he's got a reasonable amount of interceptions through three in this last game. I think he's got four or five on the season. He definitely has four. At least four because he threw one against Arizona. Okay. Yeah. So that's that. Um, and now the Cowboys get to face the Chargers on, I believe, Monday night football yes, this week. Correct. Um, which is actually an exciting game to watch. I will be fully rooting for my Chargers um, at home. To just put another L in the Cowboys column. But enough of that game. Let's go to the Monday night disaster of the Green Bay Packers lose in Las Vegas to the Raiders 17 to 13. Tainted Love. Jordan Love threw the ball 30 times and only targeted my man Romeo Dubs on four throws, which is a 1.3% target share, which makes complete sense seeing as he was targeted 25 times combined over the two weeks prior. So let's just not throw it to the guy who's been the focal point of our offense um, the, the prior two weeks. We'll just, we'll just keep trying to pump it downfield to Christian Watson and force feed Luke Musgrave. That's, that's the answer to everything. Not the guy that's actually been productive in this offense over the last few weeks. So I'm just, I'm so sick of the green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love stinks. He's not good. And they're, this is a disaster. They they don't have their neck their quarterback for the next fifteen years or whatever. Green Bay Packers think with how their life has gone over the last thirty years. Jordan Love might not be their starter next year the way they structured that contract. I don't know. Also, free show time. Free show time. Yeah. Free show time. There's no reason that guy, aside from injuries, there's no reason that guy shouldn't lead the league in touches. <laughs> like it's fucking stupid not to. Yeah, I mean, just what he brings on a per-touch basis. Yeah, but just run that entire offense through him. Trade him somewhere, please. Like, just let him go somewhere and drive. I, I mean, if they used him, I, I actually can't think of a place where he would fit better. There's be not. Honest. Clearly, they, they don't know how to use him or treat him. They haven't used the fucking running back correctly in uh, two decades. So Yeah, but, but you're also saying that's where he should stay. <laughs> So, I mean, because there's nothing, you need an injury. Pick <laughs> someone to blow their fucking knee out, and I, I will agree. <laughs> no, nah, well, listen, the- it's only a matter of time, John. Send him to Miami. Yeah. Minnesota? Nah. Car- Minnesota. Uh, we don't Carolina? Want that. Giants? Nah, Get rid of Barkley? That. Fuck Barkley? Nah, I don't want that. There's, there's, I mean, there's there's clearly places. Buffalo? I mean, listen, go go give him 15 touches in Arizona. James Conner's been productive. Uh, Aaron Jones, bell cow in it. Doesn't have to be a good team, John. I need volume. Aaron Jones will make it work. True story. All right. So that is the one key stat segment. Hit us with some usage and target trend. All right. So doing some trends here, seeing what I'm seeing. Uh, 
we lost. You just mentioned James Conner, starting with Arizona here. James Conner out. Amari DiMarcado seemed to be the guy, even though heading into the year, I think a lot of us thought it was Keontae Ingram. So dump Ingram. Uh, DiMarcado is worth grabbing waiver. I would spend all my fab if I had any left on him. If he is out there, I know in a lot of dynasty leagues he is already gone, but I'm sure he's out there in redraft. Um, the other guy I think that I will – this is just predicting here – Rondell Moore got involved a little bit more, and I think they're going to use him as a running back on occasion. They did quite a few times this past week, but I think he is going to be more involved just because without Connor, they got to get a little little more creative, and that is the reason you drafted that guy in the first place. Uh, Baltimore. Justice Hill is now on the uptick. Gus Edwards heading down, and Odell Beckham Jr. seems to be the wide receiver, too. He was a little lightly used uh, this week coming back from injury, but I think going forward he is clearly going to be the number two behind Zay Flowers. Um, Odell Beckham left briefly in that game with an injury. and it, Oh, he's a fucking disaster. Yeah, so he, he got hurt coming back. And, 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 uh, and he's been okay when he's been healthy. I mean, especially now that we're hitting buys. I think he'll be a serviceable wide receiver three. Buffalo, Khalil Shakir's snap percentage has gone up every single week. I think he is officially Buffalo's wide receiver three now. That offense really hasn't exploded yet, like we were kind of hoping coming into the year. But if things do start clicking, I, I think Shakir could get himself a few touchdowns here and there and have some decent games. The horrific Carolina Panthers. Uh, Chua Hubbard is just grossly outplaying Miles Sanders at this point, especially over the last two weeks. Um, and LaVisca Chenault finally saw some action this week. He had five carries, uh, no targets, uh, which is <laughs> kind of weird for a wide receiver. But I will take it. We, You know, me and you have liked him for years. I, I took him in, uh, I think it was my last pick in the fishbowl. I, I thought they were going to get him more involved. They talked it up all offseason. Maybe now, finally, they're going to do it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they use them next week and the week after, see if this was a one-game blip or a trend to be aware of. Uh, T. Higgins out for Cincinnati. Trenton Irwin was the big recipient of uh, snap share on the field there. So as long as Higgins is out, I think Irwin can be a flexible wide receiver three flex guy. Detroit, Jamison Williams finally comes back. Um Three touches or three targets. I'm sorry. Caught two for two yards. Fucking stinks. 47% snap share. So he's on the field for 28 snaps this week. Hopefully they're just easing him in. You would have thought with Amonra out, they would have kind of got him a little more involved. I was surprised that he wasn't. Um, but once he's, you know, if he wasn't, it'll be interesting to see when he's fully integrated in this offense, how they use him. But game one was a stinker. Uh, Houston, I didn't see if Tank Dell was hurt, but his snaps were down significantly this week, and John Mechie's went up quite a bit. So I don't know if it was a game plan thing, something to keep an eye on. I didn't see anything about Dell getting hurt, but Tank Dell may be trending down. We'll see how that goes over the next week or two. Indianapolis Colts, <laughs> Taylor came back after a, a, a well-deserved rest and a giant contract and millions of dollars. So of course he got 10 snaps in the game <laughs> guy with a fucking ghost, completely invisible. Um, Andrew Ogletree is now, I think the tight end one Granson had some good games, but Ogletree has, has been increasing his work on the field and Granson snaps been coming down. Ogletree's probably, if you need tight end help, he might be worth snatching up. I think he's, uh, 
going to be a little more involved than we thought. It's going to, I don't know how the, I don't know how it's going to work out on the field. I do like Gardner Minshew. Looks like he's in line to start for next week. Um, but they, they, they've, they got Granson involved. So if the scheme is the same and Ogletree's getting the work over Granson, Ogletree could be fantasy viable for at least a couple of weeks. You mentioned the LA Rams going all Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. Who was the big loser here? Tutu Atwell was still on the field. Uh, Van Jefferson has completely vanished off the face of the earth, rightly so. He got an opportunity to be out there, and he sucked it up. He got outplayed by all these uh, goofs on this Rams uh, <laughs> receiving core. So Van Jefferson is absolutely cuttable at this point. Um, even if even if one of these guys get hurt, it's not going through Jefferson. So. We, we wanted it. It didn't happen. I am taking the L on that one. Minnesota you Vikings. Wanted you wanted it. Oh, yeah. Guy. Uh, well, the fantasy community. Other people. I wasn't the only guy on him, but yeah, anyway. Just about. You're right. That's fair. Uh, Minnesota <laughs> Vikings are talking about Jefferson being out. KJ Osborne, uh, Addison are going to be the two main guys involved. If you're looking for a third option there. Brandon Powell saw his work increase magically out of nowhere because there was no one else on this team worth a shit. Uh, I I actually think th- they seem to like Josh Oliver. He hasn't got a ton of work, but I could see them running a little more too tight end and getting Josh Oliver more involved, despite him gagging it up on the first touch of the game this week. New York Giants, horrific offense. Can't use anybody here, but Wondell Robinson finally healthy coming back, I believe it was an ACL last year. He is emerging as their top guy, at least being on the field the snap wise. He is yet to really have a big game this year, but he might be worth grabbing if he is out there just to cross your fingers and hope you could do a lot worse with just the waiver wire flyer. And last and certainly least the Washington commanders, Mentioned it last week. It continued this week. Gibson is totally out-snapping Brian Robinson, but he's getting zero carries. So he's out there way more than Robinson, especially over the last two and three weeks. Um, It isn't equating to touches, but, I mean, it's worth keeping an eye on. There's a reason they have him out there. If Howell, you know, trusts him a little more, maybe just a better blocker. I'm, I'm not sure what the thought process is behind it, but – our guy Gibson is out there. He's not doing much with it, but he is on the field more than Robinson. So maybe long-term over the course of the season, it ends up panning out, but so far it hasn't for fantasy, but he's it's worth keeping an eye on. And that concludes my trends for this week. Yeah. So Washington threw it 51 times and ran it 10 times in that loss to the bears. So that was largely game script where they were just chasing points, you know, down 27, three at halftime, which Gibson is clearly the preferred pass catcher, which is how he got the six, four for 64 oh. receiving. Oh, he had, I mean, he had an egregious, I don't even know what counted as a drop, mm. like went through his fucking hands. Yes. Oh. Yes. So, so that as well. Um, Tank Dell, uh, possible concussion. There we go. Explains why John Mechie got the snaps that he did. Um, You mentioned Amari DeMarcado, who we will be talking about shortly, and uh, James Conner leaving. Uh, Keontae Ingram was already out. Um, Don't know if he's IR, but had been out. They also signed Tony Jones. uh, did see that. Orleans Saints fame. So he would be the backup to the backup to the backup. Um, if it if it came to that. Um, and then lastly, you mentioned Khalil Shakir, and no one in the world is talking about Gabe Davis, who everyone and their mother shit on last year during an injury plague season. You know, 
Gabe Davis has scored touchdowns four straight games and is currently on pace for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns on the season. Just saying, you know, no one's no, no one's doing like, okay, maybe those people were right about Gabe Davis, me, about Gabe Davis, <laughs> and the fact that he is a stud number two receiver opposite uh, Stephon Diggs, which just wanted to say four straight games and a touchdown for my boy, Gabe Davis. All right. Off of trends on to breakouts, busts, and buys. So I'll run through my breakouts at first. It's guys that hadn't popped previously that I think finally put themselves on the map at this point in time. And I have to give Bryce Young credit where credit is due. He was QB9 on the season. Somehow did not get there through yardage. Threw for less than 250 yards. Found his way into three touchdowns, but did have two interceptions. That, I guess, gets you QB9 on the week. I will say that Bryce Young now faces a Dolphins team that is a 13 and a half point favorite that will likely hang 50 points on them and force Bryce Young to drop back again all game. And then following the the following three matchups, they get home against the Texans, home against the Colts, and at the Bears to follow. So I think there's a little bit of a um, run here uh, for Bryce Young to start piling up some fantasy points. Still not better than CJ Stroud, never was, never will be, but there's a glimmer of hope that we actually get a fantasy viable quarterback and someone that can uh, make this offense a little more palatable beyond just your boy, Adam Thielen. Running back, I got Tajay Spears. Perfect lightning to Derrick Henry's thunder. And Spears just continues to look explosive week in and week out. He's averaging 43.8 yards per game and has only had 41 total touches uh, on the season. Finally scored a touchdown last week for the Titans. Josh Downs, six targets, six catches, 97 yards. Not the biggest Downs fan. Wasn't coming out. Um, I was I was pro Zay Flowers when we were talking about undersized receivers. But Josh Downs did land in a perfect spot and has zero slot competition. So whether it's Anthony Richardson who gets injured week in and week out or Gardner Minshew, this kid's a viable PPR flex already in his rookie season. And then lastly, it's someone who broke out before but has been a dud um, up until this past week. And it was Dalton Schultz um, who saw 17 total targets weeks one through four, saw 10 on Sunday. And he has also scored in back-to-back games. So we were talking about how Dalton Schultz was just, you know, just leave him for dead. Um, total afterthought in this offense through weeks from one, weeks one through four. But he has been a he was a bigger part on Sunday in a game that they were trailing and you know found a way into a touchdown the week before as well. So that is all you need from a tight end is touchdown upside for them to find their way into a tight end one it, overall finish. He, to, to to further emphasize your point, we talked about. How much Schultz had sucked this year? He has this one huge game. He is now tight end 12. <laughs> right in the tight end one after one game because it's such oh. a fucking yeah. ghost town. And, t- and touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, that's, that's all you need. Find the end zone. Rocketing up the board. But this is where he's going to be all year. I mean, this is he is the tight end 12. Like he is. The definition. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I didn't have any really fucking uh, breakout or bust for me this week. I'm just looking at guys that I do like. I kind of just doing matchup based stuff. Uh, I really, I you bash Dak, but I do like him against the Chargers this week. Their secondary has been abhorrent. Uh, I think another big game from Desmond Ritter is in line. Washington is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Horrendous. Uh, oh. Minshew, I like against Jacksonville. I, I Always been a Minshew guy, but Jacksonville has not been that great. And Bryce Young against Miami, pretty good matchup. They're going to have to score to stay in this one so they don't get completely crushed. I I do like the matchup for him. Um, Guys I don't like, 
I don't like Purdy against Cleveland this week. I think that's going to be a terrible game for fantasy. I think uh, even CMC, who you is absolutely must start, but I, I see this has got 17-10 written all over it, so I'm, I'm not a fan of any Cleveland or San Francisco players this week. Thursday night football, I think Pacheco explodes on the Broncos. They can't stop anybody running. That guy runs hard. I think he's going to have – we could be looking at like a – Oh, 133 touchdown game from him if the game plan goes the way I like. I will uh, be putting a few touchdown bet in for Isaiah Pacheco this yeah. week. That, that's happening. Should explode. Could, could they could get such a big lead, to be honest. I mean, Denver's been it's so bad. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? Get yep. We could have some garbage time CEH production. Um, you you love bashing this guy, but I think Alexander Madison is going to run all over the fucking Bears. Their their receiving core is decimated without Jefferson. They're going to have to turn elsewhere. Different game plan. I think they go a little more run heavy because they have to, and the Bears are super susceptible. So I think he goes off on him. If you're looking for a deeper sleeper, uh, Kendra Miller got a little involved this week. I think that continues uh, against Houston. They've been susceptible. I think he has a good game. Wide receivers. I, again, going back to this uh, Dallas versus the Chargers, kind of going a little little deeper here on the depth chart. Everybody is, would start C.D. Lamb anyway, but I think this is a good spot for Gallup. Gallup is clearly their wide receiver too. Uh, coming into the year, we thought it might be Brandon Cooks, but Cooks is like on the level with what's that? Hooked. Yeah, he's he's on the level with Jalen Tolbert. I mean, snap wise, so. He's completely off the radar. Gallup can finally have a good game here. I also like Mac Hollins against the uh, Redskins, <laughs> against the Commanders. Again, they've been very susceptible secondary. I already mentioned uh, Ritter. If you're looking for a cheap DFS stack, I don't mind that Atlanta uh, Ritter Holland stack because they just don't throw it to Jake uh, to Drake London. My two favorite plays of this week, though, I love Zay Flowers against Tennessee. Not a sleeper, but. I would put him in any lineups I could uh, for DFS. And your boy, Dallas Goddard, finally popped, had his mm-hmm. big game. I think that continues. The Jets are terrible against tight end. Several weeks in a row now, me and you have been like, Logan Thomas time, Logan Thomas time. Finally, last week, he gets 20 points. I think he goes off against Atlanta again. I actually like the scoring in that game. I think Atlanta and uh, Washington both suck. And because of that, we could see uh, you know 30 to 40 type game. Kate Otten coming back off the bye against Detroit, who's horrific against tight ends. Um, and I like Tyler Conklin against Philly. We talked about Philly kind of being soft against tight ends. I hated Conklin coming to the year with Aaron Rodgers, but a year ago, Conklin with Wilson was a good connection. Conklin had a good game last week. I think that continues against Philly. Uh, as far as fades, I think Brees Hall's in a tough spot playing your Philadelphia Eagles. I think they know the offense is going to run through him, so the plan is to stop him and make Zach Wilson beat you, which he cannot do. I do not like CMC against Cleveland, but he's obviously a must-start. You would never bench that guy. And I'm not playing Jonathan Taylor against Jacksonville's defense until he starts getting significant work. So that guy, unfortunately, is still stuck on your bench for another week until he is shown that the team is going to use him. Uh, Wide receiver, I don't like your boy. A.J. Brown against the Jets. I think he gets sauce gardenered in this one, which means I do like the Slim Reaper a little more uh, this week. But, yeah, I think uh, Brown gets shadowed by sauce, and that's the end of him for this week. Tight ends, a bunch of guys I don't like. Chig against Baltimore is terrible. 
Waller against Buffalo is terrible. Higby against Arizona is terrible. A lot of guys to kind of stay away from, but should be a good week. But those are kind of the guys I am looking at or not looking at this week. Yeah, I'm kind of liking our dynamic here. I'm looking big picture. You're looking weak. So I, I like how there's really no overplay in, in our back and forth, which doesn't take anyone out of the equation. You're right. Eagles versus Jets, start your tight ends. Commanders versus Falcons, start your tight ends. Yeah, this, these are tight end friendly matchups in, in both of those games, and I don't disagree with any of the other guys other than the Mac Collins deep pull, which only you would bring Mac Collins up uh, on a fantasy podcast. Well, but, we got to go deep, right? I mean, everybody's yeah. going to – yeah, yeah I mean, listen. here's the thing, and we, we've said this before with this Atlanta offense. You can't put Drake London in your lineup and have any level of confidence, right? You go, oh boy, this is this is gonna this could be rough for me. And it's you know, same thing with Hollins. If your team already stinks and you have Hollins, if someone's gonna pop, and, and like I said, a lot of it's for DFS too, he's cheap as shit. That's a direction I would go just because he's gonna be significantly low owned compared to other guys. Yeah. Drake Lund- or uh, Desmond Rivers only thrown four touchdowns this year. Yep. One Scared of them me. was a shovel pass that D- Bijan had to dig out of his own asshole to score. A yeah. Touchdown. What was that? I mean, D- D- Desmond Rivers sucks. I mean, that's, that's what, it, that's what it was. Wow. He stinks. All right. So let me, let me get on to my guys. All right. So we're going to talk bus now. I already shit on Jordan love, and I'm just going to circle back weeks one and two. He had a six touchdown to zero interception ratio weeks, three through five. He's had two touchdowns to six interceptions. He's, he's been figured out. It took all of two weeks. Um, <laughs> it's done. I have no faith that it's good. That it's going to be fixed. I know their defense, their offensive line is literally offensive, but and they have young weapons and you know any other you know Aaron Jones isn't playing cuz he keeps getting hurt. But, sure, there's a lot of excuses. I just I've watched a few Jordan Love games. I am not impressed with him at all. He brings a little bit with his legs, which is nice from a fantasy perspective. I just don't think there's a long leash. I would be trading Jordan Love in Superflex leagues immediately because I don't think he won't finish this year because who's behind him? I don't even know who's the backup quarterback. John Clifford uh, Oh, well, okay. So he's definitely finishing here because that dude's garbage. But <laughs> Jordan Love could be one and done. I believe the way they structured his deal. And Poor it was intended Clifford. to, you know, shit or get off the pot, Jordan Love. And he's just, what's the, what would be the good thing? Shit or get off the pot? Because he's getting off the pot. I mean, because he's not shitting. He, he correct. Really, right, shitting is, the shitting is doing something. this. Yes, he's not. Is off the pot. Um, yeah, not the guy. He's not the answer in Green Bay, in my opinion. Um, Najee Harris, currently PPR 37 on the year, while Jalen Warren, who we both love, is running back 23. This is a PPR world. Najee Harris is not involved in the passing game whatsoever. He's the between the tackles grinder. Yes, again, this offensive line stinks. Every offensive line stinks. There's like three good offensive lines in the NFL. Running backs are a disaster. Yeah. So find the one that's going to catch passes. Najee is not even an RB3 on the season right now. And that's not going to change anytime soon because you can't give less work to Jalen Warren. And this isn't a good offense. So he's not going to see, a, a, you know, a, enough goal line red zone work to make it up in the touchdown department. Mia culpa here, Jerry Judy. He is a, what I think he's wide receiver 52 in a PPR as far as points per game. Cause he missed a game. So rather than his raw total, he's still on his per game averages. He's, he's wide receiver 52. I was unreasonably high on him and this entire Broncos offense, but it's completely busted. 
Russell Wilson keeps getting there week in and week out, but it's like 50 yard Hail Mary bomb for nothing to Brandon Johnson. <laughs> you know, one route a week to Marvin Mims. You know, like it, it's the most random uh, shit you, in the in You the summed it up world. perfectly. Yeah. Little Jordan Humphrey, you know, back corner of the end zone. Like it's 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 unbelievable. Oh, how, you dude, you fucking hit the he, nail on the head describing the offense. Yeah. Just it's not Russell Wilson's fault. Clearly, it's the entire rest of this offense. But I was so into Jerry Judy this year, and it's, I can't even blame the injury. He has played the last several weeks, and he's not doing shit in an offense where no one else is quote unquote commanding and targets. So that's my Jerry Judy total bust this year. And lastly, someone I tried to warn everyone about, Juwan Johnson. People were like, "Oh, he got paid. Oh, Jared Carr's going there. Oh, it's the Saints." I'm like. Oh, they also signed Jimmy Graham and Foster Moreau, and they still got Taysom Hill there. Well, Juwan Johnson is tight end 45 on the season. We say it's a wasteland. He's not even allowed in the wasteland. He's on, like, the outskirts. Like, if he were allowed in the wasteland, he'd be happy. Um, he's just – he's been god-awful um, in this well, offense. They- With Olave and Michael Thomas and now Amaro uh, Kamar coming back, no one else is going to be able to you know survive. In that offense, none of the tight ends, none of the other receivers, no one else. It's those three are going to see 80 plus percent of the target share in this offense. And then a little Rashid Shahid over the top. Juwan Johnson, I tried to warn you, total bust. When they brought in Moreau, just knowing that Moreau and Carr played together and they had chemistry, I I knew I I didn't think it would kill him like this, but I knew that was going to ding him significantly because Carr's going to want the other guy out there, not him. I mean, the irony was I saw Jimmy Graham as more of a threat, and that's just sad because I thought Jimmy Graham would be the red zone taking the touchdowns that Juwan Johnson was getting. And ironically enough, to uh, uh, Foster Moreau had one catch last week, and it was like a four-yard touchdown. So it's everyone but Juwan Johnson in the red zone, apparently. And that's the only opportunity that, that he had was going to be getting some some red zone stats. So, yeah, it's uh, it's over for uh, Juwan Johnson. Sorry. So I'm going to jump into my buys at this point in time. We've mentioned Amari DiMarcado several times. Um, do want people to know this kid is an athlete. Um, he came in after Kendra Miller went down for TCU and actually looked Pretty good uh, for TCU last year. He's an 8.23 uh, RAS athlete. Rathlete? I don't know if that's what anyone says. 5'9", 213 pounds. Has the size. Great speed and a great agility score as far as RAS is concerned. 4.4440. James Conner picked up a knee injury, was immediately ruled out. I think we're going to see DeMarcado shoulder to load um, for the next several weeks. I can't imagine they don't IR James Conner. I mean, why? what are they rushing him back for, to your point, in a lost season? He is a must-add, regardless of how bad Arizona is, because there is zero competition for touches. And there's no one sitting out there in free agency that's worth a damn that these Cardinals could add that would eat into De Mercado's work. So I'm actually really Turn interested. Turn it. Like I said. No. Uh. From him to Keaton Mitchell. Um, don't know if I mentioned him last week. He did not get activated in advance of that game. He is undersized. This is 5'8 and 180 pounds, but he is fast. Around a 4.3740 with unbelievable explosion. 38-inch vert and a 10-6 broad. And this Ravens backfield just has no punch to it. And they are just pass game deficient. And that's part Lamar Jackson problem as well. But Gus Edwards and Justice Hill have combined for 10 targets, nine catches for 26 receiving yards and zero touchdowns on the year. There's 
zero pass game involvement with these running backs. And I think Keaton Mitchell can bring a different dynamic to the backfield. Justice Hill ain't it. He's just dependable. Let Gus Edwards handle the running downs work. Get Keaton Mitchell in there um, and try and work him in space instead of Justice Hill. But he's a guy I would be looking to add cheap before he potentially pops. You're going to have to pay a premium for Mercado. You could probably pay a dollar or two for Keaton Mitchell. In the wide receiver position, I'm going with K.J. Osborne. Big K.J. Osborne fan, and he was running routes and routes and routes and routes and still a starter over Jordan Addison. We all knew that was going to change, but now it's not because Justin Jefferson is not going to play for a month. And K.J. Osborne has saw a 13% target share in games where Justin Jefferson was playing, and now he's going to be a fixture in even two wide receiver sets. If they go 12 personnel, like you said, Josh Oliver, it's still going to be Osborne and Addison on the field. And I believe that Kirk Cousins is going to trust Osborne more than Addison in clutch situations. So Osborne has the potential to be a top 24 receiver for the next four weeks, and I think you can add him pretty cheaply because it's not a long window for him. And then lastly, you mentioned this guy's name, and I think he's a great buy. Tyler Conklin continues to be involved in this, quote-unquote, Zach Wilson-led offense. He's seen a 17% target share, more than even K.J. Osborne saw in that Minnesota offense, from Zach Wilson this year. And he is literally George Kittle without the touchdowns. Stat line so far this year, George Kittle, 23 targets, 17 receptions, 215 yards, scored all three touchdowns against Dallas Cowboys. And Tyler Conklin, 23 targets, same, 17 receptions, same, 203 yards, 12 yards less, zero touchdowns. He is putting up George Kittle without the touchdown numbers. And no one's bitching about George Kittle and how he's been shit until this past week. Well, Tyler Conklin has been doing the same exact thing, just not getting in the end zone. And he's consistently getting four to five targets, you know, sorry, five to six targets, four to five receptions and like 40 to 50 yards. He he finds the end zone a little bit. We're going to be talking about him being a tight end one by the end of the season. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you mentioned some waiver guys, and we threw his name out there earlier. Uh, if the Miami Dolphins do not activate Jeff Wilson from the IR, our guy, Chris Brooks, is <laughs> the, the RB2 on that team. So the RB2 on the team that has used two running backs over the last several weeks that is scoring <laughs> 30 or 40 points each week. I'm very interested. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've added and dropped him a few times already yeah. um, in, in leagues, just when you have limited, um, you know, bench depth. But albeit in blowout mode, he looked good you know, the one time he got some action. And yeah, if they end up uh, putting HN on the IR, I did hear that Jeff Wilson, they're about to open his window, um, where I don't yeah. know if they were just holding off on that because they didn't need him, you know, if he or if he truly is sure. only – able to start practicing again. I mean, you can open someone's window, I believe, and just boom, yeah, he's active, you know, this right. week. And then Chris Brooks is for not, and it's back to being the Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert show for the next four weeks until they get A-chain back. So he's worth a spec ad, but we could easily be talking about Jeff Wilson leading this team in carries, you know, this time next week. And another real quick, super deep, if you got room on these giant rosters, uh, Patrick Taylor, I mean, the, the Green Bay's on the buy. No one's even looking at him, so he's a $0 ad. But with Aaron Jones out this week, he had two carries and five targets. He is the change of pace guy. If they end up bringing Aaron Jones along slowly, he could still be involved because, as you mentioned, A.J. Dillon sucks. <laughs> but, yeah, th- there's a world where he, he has a little viability, especially with these bye weeks coming up. Um, but, yeah, he, he's he's not that – great when Aaron Jones is healthy. However, we don't know what the fuck is going on with this injury, how long it's lingering, if he re-aggravates it. 
could could be a cheap zero dollar ad for a guy who can get you you know three points a week instead of getting a zero while these running backs are all on the buy or getting hurt. So yeah, super deep leaves. Patrick Taylor, uh, more targets than Romeo Dobbs had last week. Fuck last night. And that, that thing that happened. And he has a 16% targets per route run on the season, Patrick Taylor, which is a solid number. Uh, Aaron Jones yeah. is at 21%. Not bad. I do like your, I do like the Keaton Mitchell and, but that should do it for us. Good week. Good luck in week six, unless you're playing us, in which case we wish you all the worst, but that should do it for us. For myself, John Abari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Stay safe, Fantasy Options. <laughs> so, as a, as a Philly guy who watches this shit, I, I don't even get what the big deal is. Um, the big deal is that it's literally unstoppable. I mean, it is. I mean, it, so they, they snap like, it to Hertz. Hertz mm-hmm. has the football, and the running backs just push him forward. Let's start with these massive gentlemen right here. Well, of course. I mean, of course, the offensive line. All right, in football. Then, yeah, that man right there who can squat 600 pounds, those big old legs of his, and then, yeah, whoever's behind him. You know, at this point, it's got Zacchaeus. That's not a lot of help. It's usually a tight end and a running back. So the offensive line just torpedoes these big idiots that aren't going to get any push because they're just cutting their legs out from under them. Sure. And then Hurts just picks a side, and those back two guys push behind them to get through. So – it's, I mean, and the, the, it's, you only use it or need it if you need like a yard or two for a first down here on the goal line, right? I mean, theoretically. I mean, yeah, you're not going to run an unfucking third and 12. You're not going to No, yards. definitely not that. But there's been some, you know, it's not even speculation. There's the local fan base would like to see the Eagles just do this all the way down the field on a team. Just literally just play. Look, if you get if you get four yards of play, it works, right? You could. Listen, if you get two and a half yards of play, theoretically, you could do it. Oh, because yes, on the fourth down. Okay. So you don't even need four yards. Let's just say three yards of play, and you're comfortable every single snap. Now, clearly it won't happen. And other teams have started to try this, and their players get injured. Like, and it doesn't work. It's insane how unsuccessful these other teams are and it's not rocket science but it's there's a unique combination on the eagles right now and it's not just the offensive line it's literally that jalen hurts his his leg drive is better than any quarterback in football he he can push that boy thick as as they like to say yeah i don't see any other quarterback squatting 600 rondale more in there he's fucking 800 you know yeah, get a uh, get creative. Yeah, speaking imagine, of creative, you know, did you see the Lions? Yeah, goofy play. Nick, Nick Chubb under center before Mick Fitzpatrick ended his career. You stopping that? <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, you're not stopping it. You know that dude's like, like all the yeah. time. He's like a barbender the way he's squatting. Like, just pick a hole, put two running backs behind him, or a running back and a tight end. Yeah, I mean that thing's picking up four to five yards every single play. 